Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome in everybody to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I am James Haskell, along with my co-host Glenn Martin. Uh, and we are here, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, Glenn, I want to I like want to send that Michael Jordan facts. I'm back, but we're That's back, right. you know, we're back. Yeah. It's been a week. Crazy. Uh, the Ravens took a bye week, so we lo- took a little bit of a hiatus to gather our faculties, but we are back. Of course, DK is in the background. We're so glad to have you guys here with us tonight. Let's talk about your Baltimore Ravens heading the the corner for the home stretch into the season, Glenn. Yeah, Crazy man. Crazy stuff how it's flown by, right? It certainly has. The playoffs are right around the corner. And as far as bye weeks go, I don't think Ravens fans could have asked for much more uh, with mm-hmm. the way things kind of lined up uh, for the Ravens. And having this late bye week seems like the perfect time you know, for, for those guys to get themselves healthy because they have a mean schedule to finish the year. And it looks like it's going to go right down to it. Had some surprise performances, I think, over the weekend. Another quarterback injury in the AFC, which will certainly impact how things go down the stretch. But, yeah, it, exciting to get into it. Uh, it's always fun uh, when you have, a, when you have a, a team that you're not as familiar with, I think. You know, I think having the Rams coming into town coming up this weekend is kind yeah. of exciting because we're not as familiar with them as we are, you know, a lot of the AFC opponents. So it's kind of cool to see a, a different face, a different helmet coming into Baltimore. I want to know how their fans travel. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see this weekend how many Rams fans we see in the in the stands. But uh, but yeah, man, uh, it's a good weekend uh, to be a sports fan in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, big time. And I'll tell you what, you guys should be really excited because, as you know, our film expert is coming on. Uh, mm-hmm. He's actually here with us now in the background. Uh, Cole Jackson, we're excited to bring him on. Uh, talk about all things Raven. Break down this. Uh, this I want to get Cole's take on a few things like um, preferred playoff path, uh, teams to look out for stuff like that. So um, I think what we should do, Glenn, is bring him on in here. What do you think? I think that's a good. Come on down. The price is right. Cole Jackson, how are you, my friend? What's going on, boys? I'm doing good. This was a refreshing bye week for everyone, including, I seriously think, us fans. Like, I needed it. I was ready for a break from Baltimore Ravens football, um, and I just feel good. I'm excited for the the stretch. Obviously, couldn't have been a better weekend for us. Um, It Mm. feels rare that things go our way. Usually it feels like we're swimming upstream and this was kind of a nice weekend to get in the driver's seat and the Ravens nail control their own destiny. And that's the thing. I, this isn't a setup where, you know, we're being eased into anything. It's just the situation is set for the Ravens to control their destiny, but they still have to go out there and we have a tough stretch and they got to win football games against good football teams. So I'm excited for it. No, I agree. Well, Glenn, I want to start off uh, in somewhat of a, I don't mean to start the show with a, uh, with a rain cloud over us all. Wait a second. I think I can do a rain cloud. Hold on. Yes. There we Dang. go. <laughs> but, but we do have some injuries, right? So like Marlon is, is there. He seems to be progressing. Justin Metabike as well. Ronnie Stanley, this whole thing's going on. Cole, I don't think we got a chance to talk to you about Ronnie. So I want to table that for a second, you know, since that last game, but of those three guys, and if there's someone I'm missing, what has you the most concerned from a health perspective for the Baltimore Ravens moving forward? Because Glenn and I were talking about this last night. The 49ers are really good because they're really healthy, right? Yeah. So, like, what has you concerned and maybe what has you optimistic about the Ravens' health? I think Marlon's going to get back, so I think that's good. Matt is coming off a concussion that he's had a couple weeks to get right for, so I think he's going to be good. Um, the concern is Ronnie Stanley because before, like, 
since he, his ankle injury, and if we go back and remember the ankle injury, it was it was a dislocation. Dislocation likely caused nerve damage. Um, that nerve damage is why he needed that cleanup surgery. That was kind of the progression that led to the second surgery. And so the best way to think about it is basically when Ronnie Stanley takes a pass set, he has no feeling in his plant foot. Like there's nothing that's tingly, right? And so I don't think it's painful now. I think it was probably painful until he got the cleanup surgery. Um, I'm also not a doctor, but uh, this is what I've been told by the people that are educated in the field. Um, so he he just, it's that la- lack of feel, right? So that's been going on. But then when he suffered this knee injury, what I've been noticing in his past sets is he cannot bend through his lower body. Like it, he has lost his ability to be able to sink, that's why guys are attacking him with bull rushes, something we haven't really seen um, in his career because he's never been an issue. So that's a concern because is that knee going to heal? Did the bye week even help? Um, I'm concerned because if he can't get right, um, and I know everybody keeps saying put Patrick McCary in, and McCary's great to have off the bench, but there's a reason he's coming off the bench for you, and their efficiency numbers in pass protection as left tackles are roughly the same. Um, I know people are really down on Ronnie. He's coming off a rough performance, obviously going into a bye week that recency bias is going to stick in your mind um, and really stand out. But you really have to hope that he can get healthy because you need him, right? Like we saw what just happened to Trevor Lawrence, right? And and that's mm-hmm. where shit gets scary. So um, that's my biggest concern. How healthy can you get Ronnie down the stretch? Would it help setting him a few games to get him healthy for the playoffs? Um, you know, it's hard to know because we don't have any details on the knee. So that's really where my concern is. Yeah, 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 no doubt. I hope that this two weeks made some sort of a difference for Ronnie because we certainly need him to going down the stretch. And I just hope no more no more freak injuries. Last night, another freak injury. This time, a left tackle steps on their franchise quarterback's ankle and may have avoided catastrophic injury, may not. I guess we have to wait and, and kind of see. But Jimbo, I want to first kick this question to you, and then Cole, if you could also give mm. your opinion. We haven't we haven't talked since Zach Ertz. Uh, we took the week. Yeah. Zach Ertz was he was given his release from the Cardinals in search of a contender. He says he wants to go to a contender. Uh-huh. I know that the interest is high from a lot of different teams, uh, including the Eagles, his former team, who are who are dealing with a, an injured Dallas Goddard. But Jimbo, what's your take? A lot of Ravens fans want them to go hard and heavy for Zach yeah. Ertz. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. Do we so, need him? Do you want him? Yeah, I'm gonna um I'm gonna throw DK under the bus on this one because we disagreed on Twitter on this one. Uh in that uh the I I think do we need him? No. Do I absolutely want him? Yes. I heard what John Harbaugh said. We like our guys, and and I like our guys. Like I understand what he's saying. But um one of the one of the things that uh I think is important to remember is we lost our all pro. Like there is still a gaping hole there. Uh, and I think that we, you know, we need to figure out a way to, to deal with it. And I think Zach Ertz, I'm not asking him to be a world beater, but he comes in as a vet, makes big third down plays. He's great in the red zone. Uh, he's not going to mess up the locker room. And I think he's immediately your number one guy. So from our perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense to go after him. And then for Zach, I don't know why you, I mean, I guess he might want to go back to the Eagles, but Goddard is their guy. Yeah, but yeah. And, and Goddard's their guy. They moved on. If you want to be a TE one. Why would you not come here where, where you know, you don't have a, a TE1 in the room? So, yeah, I think the Ravens would be would be smart to pursue him with everything that they can. I think that one of the things that that 
Sorry, DK. I, I like doing this because he can't defend himself. You know, just... <laughs> he's about to bring himself into the. I know. The... Just... <laughs> well, one of the things that DK says kind of feels like this conversation kind of feels like the outside the the rush the edge rusher scenario, right? But the only difference I would say is that we're leading the league in sacks. So mm. at this point, well, I was beating the drum on the edge rushers. We've shown we can produce. Yeah. Right now, my concern is that. Our, our tight ends are not, you know, or Isaiah likely had one good game where he led the team in targets, I think, or even receptions, right? He had four or whatever the case may be. But mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just a lot of unknown there. So, yes, I want Zach Ertz in Baltimore. I understand John's sentiment, but um, absolutely. Bring him to Baltimore. Hey, do you agree, Cole? Do you want Zach Ertz? I'm always, you guys will hear me beat this to death. Um, it's just how I view the game of football. Diversify skill sets that you have at your positions as much as humanly possible. And so when Mark Andrews goes down on the depth chart, Isaiah likely is the one that replaces him in terms of a starting tight end. But it's probably um, Kolar that's more similar in skill set um, to Andrews and who's very similar to Andrews in terms of skill set. I'm not saying skill level. I'm saying the type of skill set he brings yeah, yeah. is Zach Ertz. And so um, I think it'd be wise because I think that just helps Isaiah likely. I think you can run a lot of 12 personnel. Ertz is a good blocker. Um, also is very efficient in the red zone. So a couple of value adds where I don't think you're going to get that level of play from Kolar this year. So I would go out there, bring Ertz in. And use 12 personnel as much as possible to still get likely out there. Because it's nothing against likely. It's not that I don't trust him. It's not that I don't want him on the field. I think it's just a situation where you can diversify skill sets and get a playmaker. And that's what you need for playoff pushes. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Look, I don't want Ravens fans to bash the Ravens if he ultimately goes back to the Eagles. Because let's remember, right. he's just 11 catches shy of breaking their all-time receptions record. So, I'm sure there's some pool, and that might feel like home to him. And they're they're a pretty good team with a with an MVP candidate at quarterback as well. So if the Ravens don't get them, guys, don't bash the Ravens. They're not trash. Yeah. The front office. Maybe he just wants to go and do a tush push. He hasn't gotten to do one before. You know, you know what I'm saying before they ban it, before Goodell bans it, yeah. you better get there because I don't know if we're going to see that next season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would be, I would certainly be in favor of him coming on board. I just don't think uh, the chances are great. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, I think he goes back to Philly. But yeah, let's, uh, more good players is, is always a good thing. Um, now I want to get your, uh, your guys' take starting. I guess we'll start with Cole here uh, because the Rams, while they looked like an easy team, like a couple of weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, they looked like a team that was kind of on the downslide with, with mm -hmm. the uncertainty of what was going on with Matthew Stafford and Cup. If if he's got anything left or if his injuries have taken too much of a toll. Flash forward, they've won three games in a row. They're scoring like nobody's business into mm -hmm. the 30s. Cooper Cup and Nakua and Kyron Williams just look unbelievable as a tr as a trio of, uh, of of kind of threats for the for the Rams. Uh, Cole, what's your take on, on them initially? What, like, what do you think about them coming all the way from the West coast to the East in a game with both teams kind of need to win? Yeah. I think the big thing that's really propelled that, uh, that offense is their O-line's really gelling. Alaric Jackson stepped in at left tackle. Um, he's out playing what Joe Noteboom was doing. Steve Avila's guy that I loved in the draft. They ended up getting him. They got Kevin Dotson from the Steelers. Someone explained to me why the Steelers ever traded him. I can't figure it out. Um, so that O-line is really what's propelled them to. Um, and what's really interesting to me is 
Uh, McVay's always been a zone scheme guy, and we've actually seen them transition to a gap scheme with Kyron Williams, and it seems to really be helping their run game and the way they're able to um, use play action off the run game. I think that's the real threat. Um, and then it's just one of those teams where you have playmakers, like true superstars, guys like Cup, guys like Aaron Donald. They're always going to be able to win games for you. So they're no easy out. Um, obviously, I think they're beatable. I think the Ravens match up well with them. Um, I think this is a game where, especially the run game, we struggle against zone running. I think they're going to run more gap. I think that favors um, the Ravens run D, which struggled a little bit going into the bye. Um, so I think that's positive. Uh, if you can stop their run game, I think you can really um, do some good things. But I think like Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, they're both kind of banged up as well. So, I mean, that is something to keep an eye on. Tyler Higby can also make plays, but uh, yeah, no, beatable, but definitely not a team to sleep on. I know early in the season, I was like, oh yeah, coming out the bye, that should be a good, um, you know, a good little tune up before hitting Jacksonville and San Francisco back to back. And it's not going to be that easy game, but also got to remember John Harbaugh's record coming off the ball is extremely high. So that's a super positive sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm nervous. I mean, I'm nervous about this one, just like you said, Glenn, because they're getting hot. It's not looking like an easy out, that's for sure. But uh, I've said it a million times before. I'm embracing it, right? Like, let's just be, let's be the sharpest that we possibly can going into the postseason. So let's take on this challenge. It's going to be fun to see, like you said, Glenn, with a with a healthy returning Matthew Stafford uh, against this defense. It's going to be fun. Like, it's going to be entertaining to watch to see how we can learn, see how we can improve as a defense, and hopefully absorb as much as we can to continue to to improve as a defense because we've had a road this year where we've I, the one critique I've heard people on the outside looking in say mm-hmm. is, Oh, the Ravens have had a lot of breaks at quarterback this year. Yeah. Well, right. And, and I get it. You can't control all of that. Right. You're gonna get Maybe get another one in two weeks against the Jags. Maybe. Right. So, but, but at the same time, it's easy also to say, well, you know, uh, who, who was the MVP candidate? Who, what's his name? Uh, dang it. Jared Goff was like oh. an MVP candidate before he ended up getting smashed by the Ravens and you know, that whole MVP candidacy hasn't recovered since. So there's a lot of arguments back and forth, but to your point, it's going to be fun to see them play against a, a hot team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be interested to see how the travel and the weather takes effect on the boys coming out East. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Masi says, were you more impressed by the 49ers offense or disappointed by the Eagles defense? Can't think of a better Chance to make the Super Bowl. Ravens' best team in the AFC. AFC great bye week. Every other team seriously flawed. Well, Cole, I'll ask you. I mean, I'm sure you watched the game. I mean, my opinion, I thought the Niners looked like whole. I mean, they looked like world beaters. When healthy, with that offensive mind calling plays and Kyle Shanahan, I, I think they're going to be really, really tough to beat. And I do think Brock Purdy gets continually disrespected. I see it all the time. I have arguments all the time about how they just say, Brock Purdy, Nat, they just overlook him all the time. The guy had 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, no inter- no turnovers. I mean, let, let's stop overlooking Purdy. I know he's got a lot of good players around him, and he certainly does. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. But let's not act like Brock Purdy's not doing something pretty special out in San Francisco. And his decision-making, he might not have the biggest arm, the cannon, da 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 but his decision-making is absolutely elite. But, uh, Cole, I mean, you'd better answer this. Were you more impressed by that offense by the Niners or, or disappointed by the de- defense of the Eagles? Uh, I was more impressed by the 49ers offense. Uh, Purdy really impressed me. I know he's running that scheme to a T right now, right? And so, um, you know, it's one of those things is is the run game 
allowing Purdy to do what he does? Is it Purdy allowing the run game to do it? I personally think it's the run game really propelling it forward, obviously going out and getting CMC, one of the best running backs in the league, has really paid off for them. Um, but you can't take away a, a quarterback's ability to run that offense. It's kind of similar it's kind of similar to what Jared Goff's is doing in Detroit with that run game and how he operates um, working off the run game. I'd say Purdy's doing at a higher level right now than Goff, but it's a similar concept in terms of what part of the offense is driving the other. Um, so my biggest question for Purdy is going to continue to be what happens if you're down two scores, you know, is he going to be able to, if you can't run the ball um, as often, are you going to still be able to, you know, run your offense. Um, we'll see how that kind of plays out. But uh, the Eagles secondary has also been just super dis- disappointing. Like they got some big names in that secondary, Bradbury Slay, um, but they just haven't been as good as you would have expected. So yeah, Byard came in, right? Now they just added uh, Shaq Leonard. So, um, you know, a lot of guys on that, on that defense. So super interested to see how that all plays out in the NFC. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I give Purdy his flowers. I don't think you can take that away from him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey Jimbo, I'll give, I'll give him a flower. I got. Uh, I'm gonna pop this up here now, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see you do it. Let's see you do it, Glenn. Yep, I did this all by myself. Hey-oh. I didn't need any help. All right, so look with the playoff picture the way it is. Uh, if you guys didn't see it, the Dolphins took over as the number one seed, followed closely by the Ravens, and then the Jaguars and Chiefs are right behind. The Ravens, and so it, it immediately got me thinking. Well, what what's the what's the Ravens' chances going down the stretch in comparison to those others? So thanks, shout out to Ryan Mink for putting this together for us. And I, I just want your take initially, Jimbo, when you see what the Dolphins have on the remaining on their schedule. With with uh, I think at least two, the, their next two games are extremely winnable. But then they yeah. have a, a tough end of stretch as well. Uh-huh. And then the Jaguars, who knows how long Trevor Lawrence is out, look to be the easiest schedule upcoming with really just the Ravens as their toughest matchup. When you see this, how do you kind of rank the Ravens as far as their likelihood of holding on to that number or getting and then holding on to that number one seed? Ah, this is tricky for me because I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be as objective as possible, but I'll, I'll say this. I think the Jags have the, while the schedule is, is favorable. I think that the health makes them the least likely to get it. Of the three. So mm-hmm. I'll knock that one off right away. <laughs> now, between the Dolphins and the Ravens, the thing about the Dolphins for me is a few things. One, just like you said, the first two games win-win. I think you can say the same thing about the Ravens, right? They both stand nine and three. I think we beat the Rams. I think we beat the Jags. So it comes down to the last three. One of those three is against the Dolphins. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mm-hmm. obviously going to pick the Ravens. The 49ers is a really tough game. I think that's a tougher matchup than the Cowboys. But this is really what it comes down to for me is two things. The the what will the Bills be in the last week of the season as far as playoff contention? Are they fighting for their lives? I don't even know at this point. They're six and six. Is there a way for them to? Because they already beat the Dolphins once. Well, I think they? the big the big one is going to be that's not pictured here is the Chiefs. The Chiefs only have they have four losses. Yeah, but they yeah, only yeah. have one loss in conference. They've lost right. three games against NFC because these are the teams that are three team losses, right? Or three right, losses right. in the season, the, right? right. But didn't the Bills already beat the Dolphins once this year? The Bills already have six losses, though, man. I, I think they're done. They're I, done. I'm, but they, they could be fighting for the playoff chance. Oh, I see what you're saying. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to give them a fight for sure. Right, and they've already beat the Dolphins once. <laughs> Did yeah. they so, trip too? Yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, right. Thank you, DK. I appreciate that. So, my point is that of the last three games, the Ravens and the Dolphins, 
Who has the best record is what I think it comes down to. I think the Ravens go two and one. I think the Dolphins go one and two. Wow. Okay. So I give it to the Ravens. Yeah. And uh, Cole, do you yeah. agree? I mean, do you think that because the Chiefs aren't pictured, but with just one AFC loss, and let, let me just let you know, they have the Bills, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers as to how they close the season. <laughs> Jeez, so they have the Bills. I mean, the Chargers, yeah, because they're going to be out of it by then. I mean, yeah, so they pretty much have the Bills Chargers their next game. Stink. Yeah, they really don't have anybody. I mean, the, the Ravens by the far have the toughest path to a one seed, right? Like, it's not – but but here's yeah. what's going for the Ravens. And if you guys listened to the interview I did with Brent Urban yesterday, he said it himself. He said, these games are measuring stick games for us, and this is why we play the game. And so – this is exactly what I mean by the Ravens control their own destiny, de destiny, destiny, because they got the Jags, they got the Dolphins, they got the two guys they got to beat. So, um, you know, it's that 49ers game that really sticks out to me as the real, oh shit, this sucks. Um, but take care of business, take care of your own business, and you won't have to worry about what other people do. So, you know, it's, uh, I, it's definitely the toughest path, but I love the concept of, we can go out there, take care of our own business, and prove to the rest of the league that we are the top dog. Love it. I like here. I like here. What about that. you? I, what about you, Glenn? I mean, I still look. It's hard for me not to look at the Chiefs as the biggest threat, even with them looking yeah, yeah. the most vulnerable they've looked in years. Uh, but I, I gotta say, I, I think Miami is tough. But I, but I have confidence in the Ravens having such a fast defense. And I have confidence in McDonald. I think we could slow down that ridiculous pass attack that they have going on right now. And so, and I'm not, I'm not terribly unsure if Lamar might not play better in a game in Miami than he <laughs> even would in a game in Baltimore because I know he loves that warm weather. Uh, but I, I think uh, the Ravens obviously have just as good a chance when if they beat everyone, then they 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 will certainly win it. But I got to imagine they're going to at least lose, you know, one or two of these, right, fellas? That's a tough group, a tough schedule right there. The Niners game looks like a real uphill climb on the road all the way across the country. Ah, oh, man, it's it's going to be a tough one. But do you think that like, – Cole, let me ask you this. How important do you think the number one seed is? Or if they end up in the two seed, is it that big of a difference in your opinion? The buy is huge. It's it's just like I know it didn't work out in 2019, and I get it. It's the whole rust versus rest yeah. deba debate, but you're never going to convince me that the bye week doesn't help, especially coming off physical games. The Ravens always play mm -hmm. physical schedules because they have the AFC North in it. Um, it's I still think it's critical, even though I do understand what happened last time around. Yeah, I know. It's it's like I think Ravens fans are kind of scarred a little bit thinking about that, you know, that letdown and how they had to knock off the rust. Well, the Ravens are used to being and we're we're used to seeing our team be the underdog, right? Even yeah. if you go back to 2012, it's like we were what the four seed, the top the lowest division winner. Division Must winner, have been, yeah, because yeah, we hosted the Colts. Um, so I mean, like we were never seen as the favorites in that Super Bowl season, right? And right. uh so, I mean, it's it's always been kind of an underdog story. That's what happens when you play in a in a conference that had Peyton Manning and Tom Brady for over a decade, right? It's just part of it. Yep, and yeah. now has Pat Mahomes, who, yeah. who seemingly kind of picked the ball up right where they put it down. Jimmy, one thing that the Ravens did do yesterday, and I want to get both your take on this, is they they activated Malik Ham yep. off, of, uh, off of IR, opening his three-week practice window. 
he obviously was impressive in camp and and turned some heads. And while the the offense or the pass rush doesn't seem like it needs a ton of help leading the league in sacks, what do you think Malik brings to this uh, pass rush room? Yeah, it's hard for me to tell. I mean, we saw a lot of raw explosion and athleticism out of him, some strength as well. But I don't know how much he's going to be able to contribute at this point. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see in what scenarios he gets on the field. So I would say minimal contribution at this point, barring any sort of health. Um, so not much of a needle mover for me. Now, Cole, do you do you agree? And do you think this is a uh, – does this have anything to – like, does this put any pressure on Tyus Bowser or is this <laughs> – Is he still on the team? I, I mean, come on, man. Tell me something about Tyus. I, I, I've, I've asked since the summer – and no one will talk about Tyus. It's what was the he weirdest. doing, man? We need to know what he was doing when he got hurt. It is the weirdest shit I have ever seen in my 10 years of following this team very closely. Um, I don't get it, but I'm just... Honestly, uh, the way I'm moving forward is Tyus Bowser isn't on the team, and if he shows up, it's just a benefit. He's going to be yeah. a new, new added player. As for Malik Ham, uh, yeah, I, I mean, they kind of have... Their pass rush from the edge, is, it's going to be a heavy dose of owe van noy and uh and Clowney. um i don't see him really getting that many reps if he does get active that said um you know it'll basically replace the reps that you would have hoped to have get out of david ajabo very similar type player very explosive um good length plays really you know physical plays fast um so i think that's the type of rushes you'll get from him with a little bit of upside with the ability to get to the quarterback. Um, but I think based on what we've seen from this edge rush group, I think they're going to roll with the vets and I think you're going to see. Um, and I mean, we're seeing like Kyle Van Noy's playing like he did, you know, five years ago. It's amazing to see. So um, I wouldn't go away from that, but I, I think they'll sprinkle him in here when, the, when they can get him on the, on the field. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. That's for sure. Yeah. Cole, I wanted to make sure before you, before you head out, because I know you got to yeah. bounce. We want to get Don C's question here because, you know, while relatively not uh, seemingly something that's going to happen this year, I think Glenn and I were both really excited about this draft pick. Um, so Don C says, I love Voorhees Cole. Do you think he's going to be a good NFL guard despite his older rookie age and injury concerns? First of all, let me just say this. Age is just a number. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> said, same, said same thing about Dennis Pitta. Said same thing about Garrett Bowles. Said same thing about a lot of guys. Okay. I'm not that worried about it. Anyway, expert, go, Cole. Yeah, no, I like four. He's a lot before. He was always a guy I was targeting before. Um, well, I mean, I'm just still interested in him after the injury, but prior to the injury in the draft, I love Voorhees as an option. Um, he's that. He's the exact type of guy that the Ravens have been targeting at guard. My only concern with Voorhees moving forward is his athleticism. Where is that going to be? Um, post injury, because I think the priority on their offensive line needs to be getting more athletic. Um, so how is he going to rebound from that injury until we see it? It's hard for me to speculate too much. Um, but any guy that tears his ACL and then still hops on the bench press to rep out, you know, 38 reps is a guy that I'm just always going to be in love with. So I'm hoping for the best from Voorhees. I don't think the Ravens should count on him as a starter next year. I tweeted a little bit about that today. Um, that's no slight to Voorhees. It's just, we've seen guys come off injury and it take a little bit just to get healthy and get their feet under them. Um, so how's he going to respond to rehab? How's his knee going to respond? 
um, all critical questions. They have free agents in John Simpson and Kevin Zeitler. A lot of fluidity on the offensive line going into next season. Um, but Voorhees is going to come in here. And the one thing we know about him is he's going to work his ass off, which is which is super positive. Yeah, I'm no super doubt. excited about this kid. I mean, obviously, I want us to win the Super Bowl this year, but looking forward, I think couldn't get, couldn't was... have a better last name. No, Let's just yeah, put that out there. So badass. I mean, holy smokes. Um, hey, last question, Cole. Did, were you rooting for Joe? What What, what was your take watching Fuck Joe? Yeah, I was rooting for Joe. I love Joe. He sucks, but I love him. Uh, no, it's just I wanted to see him like. If they could have lost like 78 to 21 and he throw three touchdowns, um, I would have been so happy. But I just want to see Joe do do well. Um, sucks it's in a Browns jersey. Uh, but I just, there's such a soft spot for him. I just, he was just so fun to watch when he was here. But, uh, I, you know, now that they're in the playoff race and their fans are funny to make fun of. So I, I'd kind of like them just to miss the playoffs. <laughs> I, t- I gotta ask you this as the actual last yeah. question here do you think joe loves football this much or is this desperate to get out of the house yeah i don't know because like who, five kids dude who wants to go to, to cleveland to well tom couldn't do it for more than a week so i mean you know <laughs> and he's the goat so i think right. i think he was like hey Easy paycheck, get in there, sling a couple bombs, good offensive line, low no risk. No changing diapers. I I mean, we we all the three of us know there's no downside yeah. to that. <laughs> That's so true. Just That's saying, true. it's not something you want to say out loud, as a dad, right? Mm-hmm. But you're like, mm-hmm. you know what? Look, I don't mind going to work today. <laughs> he did have to worry about Aaron Donald ripping his head off. So that's kind of scary. And the diapers don't have that issue. So well, uh, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I guess it is. Uh, but guys, if you guys have not done it yet, please go over to Road Graders on YouTube. Yes. Uh, Cole, if you want to give him a quick preview, I know you had uh, uh, Brent Urban on. on as your yeah, I know a really guy. good interview. Um, obviously, Urban being a fellow Canadian, um, he's a guy that I've been following since he was drafted. Um, I've talked to him a few times. This is the first time I've gotten to interview him, so that went live yesterday morning. Um, it's a really good conversation. He was pretty open about a lot of things. Um, I asked a ton of questions about kind of growing up in Canada and getting there. So I don't know if that will be your cup of tea, but in the middle of the interview, he talked a lot about the DCs he's played under um, and just kind of the defensive tradition um, in Baltimore. He went on to play for Pagano and and some guys that had connections to Baltimore. So um, I, I just thought it really interesting to hear him talk about it. So go check that out. Um, I thought it was a great interview and he's a super, just a super nice guy. Exactly what you'd expect from a canadian a lot of stories in that uh, a lot of sorry thank yous you know all that good stuff in the uh, in the interview so is it derogatory to say canuck that's not derogatory is it i say canuck but okay canuck just two canucks talking football baby that's it no that's not derogatory okay cool hey, i just want to make sure i wasn't offending anyone i'm I sorry think- if you thought i was going to be offended <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, do have to, I do have to say uh cole uh, you said a uav are you uh looking forward to tomorrow are you a uh, oh we, I mean, drop, we drop at noon we drop at noon dude your boy's off your boy your boy's off all day ready ready to drop some Damn. uavs hopefully so big hit, day hit tomorrow. me up hit me up we'll big, play. yes sir yeah are you a xbox what do you what are you on xbox. i have no oh, idea what you guys are talking man. about modern right, Mer- warzone baby that's right, man. Drops tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. But Cole, thanks so much yeah. for joining us as always, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, guys. See you, man. Oh, dude, so man, lost. Got him out. Yeah, a little Warzone is, talk. A little video is Warzone game. Call of Duty? 
Call of Duty. A little Call of Duty talk. Oh, look at me, dude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice. But Jimbo, what about you? I mean, tell me if this isn't classic Joe Flacco. 23 out of 44, 254 yards with two touchdowns and one pick. And a, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, oh, yeah, it's bro. gravy mashed potatoes, baby. Yeah, he'll give me that. I saw he had two picks. <laughs> I said, I mean, he had two touchdowns. I said, that pick's coming, baby. That uh -huh. pick is that coming. That two-to-one ratio, that's historic. That's that's Joe. No, no surprises with old Joe Flacco. He knows, you know what you're getting served every time. Every single time. I mean, it was you really think hard. Joe, has a lunchbox with white bread, bologna, cheese, mustard, and and a bag of Utz chips every single day. Something tells me he don't even have the mustard on there. Something tells me just cheese and bologna. It's just dry. Yes. Uh, ah. You know what I mean? And like the really, you know, like the corner store bologna that's like the yeah, not perfect even the good circle stuff. and like yeah, not the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, so, that something tells like me. Him. I mean, Joe's just—he looks the same. He looked the same whether he got there two days ago or if he's been there for two seasons. Yeah, I mean that's just what Joe does. But uh, I was glad also to see them still lose. You know, yeah. regardless of how well he played. Yeah. Uh, but Jason has a question here for you, Jimbo. Which players mm. will have a breakout game against the Rams? Now, don't spoil your. I, I, mean, I mean, I guess you have to spoil your breakout player here for Jason. Mm, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> it's too early. It is. I have a couple guys in mind. I think Kohler could have a game. I think so. Like breakout considering, right? Like I think Two because I think a breakout. Yeah, it's true. But I think that the offense needs. I think they need more from Kohler if we're going to win. I think we need or to figure Ertz. this out. Or Ertz, right? Like, but I'm assuming he's probably going back to Philly, right? But if, yeah, if it's not yeah. him, then I think Kohler has got to be a guy that they find a way to integrate more in the offense. I just do. It's a necessity, I think so. So I can see him being the guy. Okay. I like it. All right. I hope you're right. I would like to see Kohler do something. Yeah. DK says, How about an offensive lineman? Tyler Linderbaum as a breakout, DK? So uh, have he, he can't oh, break I see. Out. Against Aaron Donald, dude, imagine he clamps uh, up Aaron Donald. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But he's already on the Pro Bowl um, ballot. So he's I don't know if you can call that a break uh, for him. But dude, I guess he holds Aaron him. Donald to a minimal game. That's true. That's true. That might be a breakout John Simpson game because he's going to see a lot of Aaron Donald too, man. <laughs> Aaron John Donald's going to be all over John Simpson, bro. Uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, run Lamar, gonna, run, dude. Yeah, run get, Lamar, get the hell run. out of there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be. They're going to line him up. Out, you've seen they'll line him up on the outside too. Put him oh, over, put over him Ronnie. Everywhere. Imagine Ronnie trying to deal with that strength. Dude, he cannot. He cannot anchor against that bull rush. And yeah, you talk about a bull rush. You're not going to get a much better one than Aaron Donald pushing. Certainly not a stronger one. Maybe Miles Garrett, but you might be pushing it. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting game and and really an interesting race to see who ends up winning. The number one seed. I, I will say it was tough for me to root for the Bengals. Any yeah. concern after what you saw from Browning? Because what I let me tell you what I wanted to do because I just wanted to be an absolute troll. Browning better than Burrow. Because just to be an absolute troll because we saw it a lot when Tyler Huntley had a decent game. Uh, Huntley's better than, yeah, than yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar and all that BS. What, what was your thoughts on Browning? Kind of putting on a show. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I talked about this as well. I, I don't think that we were as surprised as other people because he's 
he played a lot in college. He's been around the league. Like he's relatively unknown, but he's a much more polished guy than just a, uh, a sm- who's the kid that, um, that the bears had out there for a while. Oh yeah. Uh, like that kid was like a FCS school, right? Like, yeah. He came from nowhere. Right? Yeah. So it's two, certainly two different scenarios. Not crazy surprised because it was, it was named Tyler Bagent. Is that Bagent Bagent or something like that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's the hashtag Glenn Browning better than Burrow. Um, yeah, yeah I wasn't, there we go. I'm not concerned. Your question is like, should we be concerned about them surging as a team? Their defense yeah. garbage. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they can't actually, stop they a nosebleed. Yeah. They did, like, have, they did get scorched, but he did have 354 yards passing, had two yeah. touchdowns, one in the air, one on the ground. I think they did a good job lining them up. I mean, I, look, they're a good football team. He delivered the ball. He, he played point guard and he did his job, and I get it. But I'm not worried about him being a difference maker no, like no, later on. Now, he's got plenty of weapons to get the ball out to. Now, look, this is to your Brock Purdy argument. This hurts your Brock Purdy argument, right? Because. He's got weapons on weapons in 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 Browning, right? Like, look at the guys he's got on the outside, and look what he did numbers wise. Just look at the numbers. I'm I'm saying you don't watch the game, right? Yeah. Like, look what they just turned that kid into because he's got these weapons. Oh, there's no doubt. Weapons you know? help. But yeah. Bur- but Purdy has done this for well. Uh, no, more. I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you. I I, yeah. I agree. I, I'll agree with you. But um, that yeah. Anyway, now I really I want to get into this though, Glenn. There's a lot of people out there. It's it, it's funny to me how people will categorize quarterbacks and put them in certain groups. And we're talking about the MVP races and the other. I understand CJ Stroud is leading the league in, in passing yards. I understand he's playing phenomenally as a rookie. They're doing, they're surging as a team. The Texans look good. But there's crazy people out there saying that he's better than Lamar Jackson. What, already? Yes, I saw a guy today on a podcast disparaging Lamar Jackson saying Lamar Jackson can't read coverages. Um, and, and he, uh, and he's going to leave the Ravens in the lurch because he's going to revert back to his old ways. He can't reach coverages. He's going to run East and West in the backfield. And he's going to, he's going to get injured. And he's, he's I this CJ. guy's name. Who's this? Yeah. Name? I tried to look him up again and I couldn't freaking find it, but I got to find it. But the point is this is, and it was, it was infuriating me because I was sitting here listening to you guys trying to find it. But what I'm trying to say is that, I I'm I'm really getting frustrated with the CJ Stroud and the Dak Prescott getting nods over Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. It's really starting for am I am I wrong to be frustrated? Like, sure, Lamar's not putting up world beater numbers, mm-hmm. but guys, what are we talking about here? Dak Prescott barely beat the Seahawks. We put him to sleep in a quarter and a half. Well, look, Jimbo, this is a team sport, right? Yeah. Don't get don't get so you can't you can't get so caught up in the in these uh in season MVP odds, okay? Look, those guys had big games and they had to do it with their offense scoring a lot of points. Where the Ravens are just a more balanced team that doesn't typically require a 48 point output to beat the opposite team who just put up 44 points. So I mean, it's a it's a team effort and those guys are playing well too. I think Dak Prescott's playing his ass off. And CJ Stroud, yeah, just like you said, because he had to. Exactly, he had he absolutely he had Against to. And I think if Lamar needed team. to, he would put up bigger, bigger numbers. I'm sure. I'm sure the game script would cause for more I'm yards. Like Geno Smith here. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I was stunned that that, that Cowboys defense allowed Geno Smith and DK Metcalf to absolutely a bunch of winners. Absolutely shred them. I mean, holy smokes! I didn't think that uh, that that. 
Geno Smith would have win you a week type playoff. I mean, um, fantasy output. I mean, he he's the type. He had a game where win you a whole week. I mean, that mm-hmm. that guy was absolutely on fire. So, but look, I think Purdy and Dak are the current MVP odds, and I'm okay with it. That the way they've been playing yeah, yeah. has been phenomenal. There's still a lot of games left, including games, at least in in the Niners. Uh, point of view against the Ravens. So let's see who wins that head-to-head Christmas. Overall, it's crazy to me, just my opinion, that there's betting odds on teams coming out of the NFC over the Ravens for the Super Bowl when everybody knows that the AFC is much more contested. I mean, it's very clear. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is the other thing I want to ask you. Uh, Oh, shoot. I just had it pulled up, and and I – oh, here we go. All right, I want to talk about the Steelers for a second. I want to talk about T.J. Watt. Did you hear about the most recent comment about Where him whining the about or against him? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the NFL's version of hack a shack. Can I just yeah. say this before I get your comments? Shut up! <laughs> Shut up, dude! All you do is punch people in the face. Like you literally got fined for decking Zay Flowers, the smallest dude on the field, in the dome. Mm-hmm. Get over it. You're supposed to be this incredible football player. Michael Jordan just dealt with it. Shaq just dealt with it. Get over it. Anyway, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's uh, he should just keep it to himself. You know, you, you can't. Every great player, every especially great passer has to deal with these kinds of things. You don't think they hold Miles Garrett? It doesn't matter. Like, it, you don't think uh, Aaron Donald has to deal with an obnoxious amount of, of yeah. missed holding penalties? Come on. It happens every great player. Yeah, it's like that's like being a great wide receiver and complaining about being double teamed too much or or complaining the refs don't see hand fighting or grabbing by the DBs. Literally every receiver, especially the great ones, have to deal with it. The same for pass rushers. You don't complain. You get over it. You put you send your tape in. You tell your coach, send your tape in that they always do to the league. You talk to the refs before the game. Hey, watch out. They've been holding me a lot late. That's all you do. That's all you can do. You don't be a baby about it. I don't hear Miles Garrett. If you don't think Miles Garrett's being held, you've lost your damn mind. Yeah. That everyone's grabbing this SOB to try and slow him yeah. down. And and Tomlin can call him the greatest. And look, we've said he's he's the best edge at times in years past in the game. But he ain't he ain't better than Miles Garrett this year. There is just no doubt about it that Miles Garrett's the best defensive player in football this year. It's it's him and then everyone else, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, just get over it. Cry me a river, dude. Aren't there a ton of rivers in 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 Pittsburgh to go through the city that you can cry into? Get over it, dude. Like, goodness gracious, man. Anyway, yeah, that on. just that just rubbed me the wrong way. Because, like, dude, really? Well, let me, hey, I got to get your take on this. I thought this was hilarious. The Patriots, in the last three games, mm-hmm. I believe have held all their opponents to 10 points or less. And, and they're they've lost. Three. They're three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said this, dude. How did I get double digits out of Zeke in fantasy? They and they scored no points. And I got double digits out of Zeke. How does that even happen? Like, what is going on dude, here? They are so bad, bro. Dude, they want they want Williams. They're not. I mean, I guess they are the worst team in the AFC. So they they certainly have a shot. Uh, and, and clearly their defense isn't the problem, holding right. every team to that little amount of points, holding a Chargers team to just six points, just two field goals for the Chargers last week. Uh, but to but Get to be Bill. that inept offensively, like. 
And you know what, Glenn? I gotta uh. I gotta shout you out on this because not only did you get the fact that so Bill is obviously a legendary defensive coach. I mean, I think that statistic alone proves your point. Yeah. 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 But I think when it came to the offense, he really was like, hey, Brady. <laughs> Let's, uh, you know, you kind of, he counted on Brady to do his thing, right? And now you see how terrible McDaniel is as a head coach. Yeah, no it really makes you there. wonder yeah. how many of those strings Brady was pulling offensively. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just wild to me. He's like the ultimate makeup, dude. He covers all the blemishes. No, dude, he he's not making these Botox, bro. Yeah, there we go. He's something because. He's a Botox. He's a, he's a, all the stuff that Brady's got. That's what he is on the football field. Dude, I, it's just amazing to me that they are so clueless on offense. Like insane, they look absolutely lost. And the same can be said for, like you said, with McDaniel. In I mean, getting heavily criticized, yeah. for his offensive uh, choices, play calls, yeah. and and overall design. It looks design. so elementary in other places. You know what I'm saying? Like so pitiful mm -hmm. and predictable. And I love yeah, it. Not with Tom. I absolutely love it. And I tell you what, I only feel for Caleb Williams because I think that's ultimately <laughs> who gets picked number one if he is ends up ends up going there. Because it's not fun playing for that goofball either. Uh, and by the way, if you guys have not seen Bill Belichick does the walk of shame, please look it up because it is absolutely priceless. Um, yeah, well, Caleb isn't a he's in a world beater. He just went seven and five. It, well, exactly. And it, look, it's going to be a lot colder than it is in SoCal. And yeah, he's not going to have the fun that he's having out there either. And let me tell you uh, what, those Patriots fans are brutal. Well, yeah, yeah. Don brutal C., what are you doing you. up in New England, man? What's up? Don C.'s up in New England right now. What's Dude, going I'm gonna on? I'm going to be there man? tomorrow. There we go. There we go. We got to link up. Don C. says, KC losing, uh, uh, Browns and Steelers losing, and the Bengals' bipolar season continues. It sucks that Trevor Lawrence most likely won't play, but our number one seed is looking nice. Yeah, it's looking good. I mean, I wouldn't say it's uh, impossible that Lawrence plays, judging by what we heard. They're trying to classify it as a sprain. So I guess it's not impossible, but certainly incredibly unlikely. Um, yeah, yeah it, 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 this couldn't have went better for us, man. Really Did you ever have, have that moment? I mean, we've all, not that it didn't hurt. His injury went through that he went through definitely hurt. But you ever have one of those moments where you, you get hurt? And it's painful because I feel like most of that pain from that injury was a 300-plus size man's cleat coming down on the back of his leg. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was due to, like, the sprain or anything. I think it was that. Yeah. Right? Like, that was the initial pain. Like, I can only imagine having my calf being dug into by a human that large. Right? Like, being pushed over. That would suck mightily. Mm -hmm. But now that I know he's going to be okay, kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Because, like, he put on a show, dude. Well, like, look, we don't know. You know, I see what you're saying. People keep things close to the vest when it comes to injuries in, you, in the NFL. So, let's see. Real. But but I get what you're saying. It's like when Paul Pierce got, got wheelchaired off the floor to then return. Like, you know, how are you okay? Like, how are you like, fine? You, right. You see Roger's calf just erupt. Right. Yeah, you right, saw And he's that. just laying there. Just. Yeah. If you're writhing, rolling around, beating on, and then you end up back in the game a quarter later, there's got to be a level of shame. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, no, look, I'm it hurt kidding. like a sob at the moment. Yeah. Okay, that's guys? right. That's right. No, you don't understand. It hurt. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, and obviously he was left out the rest of the game. But now that I know, I think at least he's he's gonna be all right. And there's nothing like structural. It did kind of make me laugh a little because it went down as if, oh, that's an Achilles or a, a ligament or. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something like that. Um, but yeah, that was uh that was that was a, a good one. Yeah. So now look, this is a big week for the Ravens yeah, as far man. as the injury uh designations, the, the practice participations that are coming up. Don't really yep. know a ton as of today, Tuesday, but certainly certain starting to see things at tomorrow, and then Thursday's a big day. Mm-hmm. And Friday, Friday's the day where if you don't see any participation on Wednesday or Thursday, then you better see it Friday or the guy's not playing. So I, I'm really looking forward to see who's out there. Who who's uh? What's like the the? Because we're gonna see some player interviews. What's like the 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 sense of the team coming off the bye week? Had an, yeah. an opportunity to refresh yourself physically and mentally. Uh, I I can't wait, man. I I know that there's a tough schedule, but like you said, it really from the beginning. And and Cole Jackson mentioned that Brent said I love hearing that it's coming from the players as well. These guys, yeah, it's a tough schedule. But I love the fact that it's a tough schedule, but yet they have everything in front of them and they mm-hmm. control their own destiny. Because if they can go into this into this uh, postseason and and knock out all these big guys, not only do they have the psychological advantage heading into the playoffs going, look, we already beat you, so we know right. we beat you because we just did it. But also, like, just the... Um, like the confidence for the whole team is oh, just yeah. be booming. Now it could conversely go the opposite way. We could have some tough losses down the end of the stretch and maybe not feeling so hot going in the playoffs. But man, I, I like our chances taking on the best, beating the best, and going in the playoffs feeling our best. Yeah, man. No, I, I agree with you, and I'm so looking forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the home stretch. December football is here. January football is around the corner. This is where money is made, ladies and gentlemen. What's the saying in Sandlot? I'm probably going to butcher it. What does he say? Legends, they never die. What does he say? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what does Gosh, he say? Gosh, dang it. Babe what Ruth is it? says it. Babe Ruth says it. Yeah. But legends never die. I know he says that at the end. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, talking about. That's when, yeah. that's when, let's see. He's giving Benny the pep talk. Okay, dude. remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. That's, that's right. It. As he's smoking a cigar. That's he walks right. out the room with his pot belly. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But my point is that this is when legends are absolutely made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. so looking forward to it. Of course, we'll be back on Friday to get you prepped for this game of uh, the Ravens and the, the Rams. The competition is back in full swing. We're right around the corner. Glenn could be maybe trying to push for a comeback. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but of course, make sure you guys participate as well. Our sponsor, BetUS, is rocking with us every single week, putting out new promos or uh, new uh, competitions, new uh, bets, prop bets, in-game bets, mm-hmm. any other type of bet. Make sure you guys check them out. Use the promo code 410 or the link in the description. Uh, and, and they'll match up to 125% up to $2,500. So go check them out mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it, Glenn. I cannot wait. Yeah. It's going to be a fun weekend. And, and look, I've, I've been, uh, I've been enjoying some, uh, some, some gambling myself. <laughs> I mean, a couple, couple money lines hitting, mm. you know what I mean? Because look, I don't like to get too crazy. I like to stay on the safe side, you know, I'm a little bit of a chicken, but mm-hmm. I stay on the safe side and, and I, and I go with what I know. Uh, and, and that, and I don't try to overextend myself. So if you guys want to do that too, just don't forget, use promo code 410, get that match, help us, help us out at the same time. It's, it's pretty simple, but that's it for us tonight. We'll be back Friday to get you ready for that Rams matchup. See ya. See ya. Ah!